It's a Wednesday. Love catching up with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. Thecardinalnation.com, great source right now to find out what's happening with the top minor leaguers of the St. Louis Cardinals, brought to you by Rottler Pest Control, the most trusted family-owned pest control company in the region. Pest Solutions, Bird Control, Wildlife Solutions, Rodent Solutions, the experts at Rottler stay ahead of the pest before they arrive. That's Rottler.com, Rottler.com, 877-768-8537. Hey, Brian, uh, always good to catch up with you. How are things going? Doing great, Dan. It's a pleasure now. We've, we moved sort of into the off season for Cardinals baseball, but there's still plenty of things to talk about. Well, the one thing I'm excited about, how about a normal off season? Wouldn't that be nice? And I think we're going to get that this year. Yeah, yeah, at least, uh, you know, not talking about labor strife and, and that kind of thing. But still, there are a lot of questions about, you know, uh, the roster. For example, is Adam Wainwright going to come back? You know, which players will they sign to to str- try to strengthen? But it'll be fun talking about that in the normal context versus, uh, you know, the, the weird uh, labor struggles that we've heard in recent years. No doubt. I-, I am curious what you think of the playoff format. I, right now, I'm a big fan, and that, that comes from even a Cardinal perspective. I know they lost. They lost the two games. Uh, and they were shut down by the Phillies, but and you look at the Mets, and you look at other teams that were top teams, and they get knocked out. But I love more baseball, and uh, that's what we're getting right now. We're getting a ton of baseball with meaningful baseball in October. So I'm just curious, what do you think about the, the new playoff format and if you like it? Well, I don't think it's the be-all, end-all, but considering where we were, which was a single-game play-in, this is definitely an improvement. I think, you know, there's a challenge in trying to balance rewarding those teams that played well during the season and won their divisions uh, with those that are hot coming into the playoffs. And, you know, unfortunately for them, the Cardinals were the third-best division winner, and therefore they had to play in the play-in round. And I think if Major League Baseball uh, ultimately can solve the stadium problems in Tampa Bay and Oakland, they'll expand to 32 teams. And perhaps at that time, they'll add a couple more wild cards and all the division winners would get that first round by, which I think would be the fairest. I was talking with Martin Kilcoin on a podcast. I don't know if you heard this, uh, but I, I said to me, expansion is the place to go. You get 32 teams, you have four divisions, uh, you have a balanced schedule potentially with that. You get the four division winners, four wild cards, uh, you expand, obviously, minor league jobs, get major league jobs. I, I just think, and then maybe realign geographically with that. I, I think maybe that's the direction that baseball will go. I think they should. And, you know, I, granted, I understand there's issues with potentially a couple teams might be moving, but hopefully the commissioner and the owners can get that worked out because, you know, we've talked about expansion for a long, long time. Certainly the game is healthy. Um, so, you know, it makes sense to do that right now or very, very soon. Uh, I don't think anything will happen very soon, unfortunately, given the glacial pace of these kind of matters. But, you know, the other thing that would happen, of course, at that point in time is probably some type of expansion draft, which would uh, potentially dilute the talent and the the other teams and the other organizations so that would be an exciting uh, situation to deal with as well if two more teams come on one of the things i love about the cardinalnation.com and i am a subscriber by the way brian a paid subscriber correct you are definitely a paid okay. subscriber and for that i appreciate it. i feel <laughs> odd taking your money but i'm you know <laughs> but it's great that you are and i thank all the others uh, who listen here who do subscribe because that enables us to uh, deliver a site with uh, no advertising, no crazy videos popping up, nothing like that, just news about the Cardinals minor league system 365 days a year. Well, I steal a lot of your info, so I, I think it's a, a two-way street. It's a, a mutually beneficial uh, uh, 
relationship that we have here. So it's all good. So with that, we have the player of the year, the pitcher of the year that just got named here in this offseason for thecardinalnation.com. And let's go with the player of the year. Who did you go with? Well, the player of the year, there were some very, very good competitors. Uh, actually, Juan Yepes played enough time in the minor leagues that he could qualify again. He was our player of the year last year. Of course, everybody knows about Alec Burleson, who was the batting champion in uh, the International League and then was called up to St. Louis late in the year. Jordan Walker does nothing but hit 300 and you know continue to show more and more power as well as stealing bases. So there were some very, very good candidates. But for in terms of performance from beginning to end in 2022, Moises Gomez, the outfielder that was picked up as a free agent from the Rays last winter between Springfield and Memphis, um, ended up topping the, the Cardinals system in home runs, RBI, slugging, on-base plus slugging, and weighted runs created plus, which is a, an offensive measurement of effectiveness, uh, 49% better than the average player. And Moises Gomez not only led the Cardinals system with 39 home runs, but that was the tops in all of minor league baseball and is the most by a Cardinals minor leaguer since at least 1960. And depending on who you talk to, it may be of all time. So Moises Gomez uh, hit a lot of home runs, was very, very successful. Uh, is a good outfielder, uh, probably not a center fielder anymore, uh, but, but definitely a, a good corner outfielder and a guy that, you know, could get in the mix for St. Louis. The only negative of Gomez was he struck out at a 35% rate, but strikeouts are a little different in today's world. And I found a stat that I thought was most interesting, and that is that Moises Gomez, despite all those strikeouts, only hit into five double plays all season long. So he has the speed to avoid being doubled up on, on grounders to the infield. So Moises Gomez, a guy that's going to join Burleson and uh, Newt Barr and all the others in the competition for outfielders' jobs with St. Louis in the spring, the assuming Moises Gomez is added to the 40-man roster because as a free agent last year, he can become a free agent this year and every year until unless he's added to the 40-man roster. So I think he's a guy that we'll see the Cardinals protect here in the next 30 days. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it uh, all unfolds. I am curious, though, do you think he takes the the road maybe of, of Juan Yepes and what he did uh, a season ago? Yeah, in fact, we've talked about that all season long, the, the, the meteoric rise of Gomez, who, by the way, was 23 this season, the same as Yepes was last year, also comes from Venezuela, same as Yepes. But uh, the difference is that, again, Gomez is a, is a better fielder, and I think we know Juan Yepes' best position is hitting. And so I think Gomez is a guy that could be in the outfield mix on a more regular basis than Juan Yepes, who also, uh, as we know, can play some first and some third, so is more of a utility-type player. How about your pitcher of the year at thecardinalnation.com? Well, this was a guy that started off the season very, very, very strongly and finished very, very strongly. And I'm talking about Gordon Graceffo, who was the fifth rounder a year ago from Villanova, who uh, began the season at Peoria, through his first eight starts, had an ERA under one, and both he and Michael McGreevy, who was another finalist for our pitcher of the year, starting pitcher of the year award, both moved up to Springfield just before Memorial Day. And Graceffo pitched pretty well his first couple months in double A, ERAs around three and a half. Had a bad month in August, not sure why, but in the final month of the year, uh, before he went home for the winter, Graceffo made three starts, did not allow a single run for double A Springfield. So he ended up with uh, a, a batting average against of 242. He struck out five batters for every walk he issued. Um, had an ERA in the seat of the season under three, and he allowed. 0.94 runners per nine inning, whip, wow. walks, and hits per innings pitched, which means 
you know, he just kept guys off the bases and was very durable. Both he and McGreevy threw about 140 innings, which is probably why they weren't sent to the Arizona Fall League. May, may not play winter ball either. I don't know. But, uh, you know, they pitched a full workload. And this, remember, both these guys, this was their first full season as a professional, and they already, you know, have the majority of a season under their belts at AA. So they'll be guys who will, who will be in Major League Camp, I would suspect, and have an opportunity to make the AAA rotation. Where we were uh, with Zach Thompson and Matthew Libertor a year ago. Yeah, that makes sense. I uh, I wonder, though, if one of these guys could take the road of Palante and what Andre Palante did a year ago and impress so much that uh, all of a sudden you're, you're a part of the big league team. Certainly a possibility, and you never know what's going to happen in spring training. You don't know uh, about health of the other players, who's going to be signed, who's going to come in. Uh, I, last year when we would have been at this time, we would have certainly talked well about uh, Palante, who also was pitching in the Arizona Fall League at this time and did very well. But, you know, we probably didn't think he uh, was going to be able to come to camp right away and, and take a job, but he did. And, you know, but there's also guys like Zach Thompson, who we thought was going to compete for starters and has really carved out a role as a reliever. So you just never really know for sure what's going to happen. But both Zach Thompson and Palante, as rookies, were able to take significant roles for the Cardinals in 2022. If you're looking for basement waterproofing, foundation repair, egress windows, ask about Stratum Repair. That's stratumrepair.com. Waterproofing and foundation repair. Again, Stratum Structural System, stratumrepair.com. I want to ask you about what's happening at the Arizona Fall League. And every time I I read a story about certain teams, uh, there's a Cardinal involved, whether it's, you know, Connor Thomas, it could be uh, Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker. Uh, The Cardinals are well represented, as we've talked about, Brian, but some of those guys are starting to really make some noise. You know, a, a year ago, the I think we talked about this last time, but all eight of the Cardinals players that were sent to the Arizona Fall League a year ago contributed to the 2022 Cardinals. So that just shows you the strength, you know, of the Cardinals system and the quality of players they sent to Arizona. And this year, uh, Keith Law, who uh, works for the Athletics, said that the Cardinals have the best contingent of all of all teams of the 30 teams in the Arizona Fall League this year. And of course, he's talking about players like Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker. Um, Mason Wynn, interesting case. Uh, these these teams in the Arizona Fall League are made up of players from six different MLB organizations. So you have a bunch of very good players all in one team competing for playing time. And the uh, Diamondbacks have a shortstop named Jordan Lawler, a prospect, and he's a top uh, 15 prospect in all of baseball. So Jordan Lawler happens to play the same position as Mason Wynn. So Wynn has played some second base. He's been some done some designated hitting, and he gets to play shortstop now and then too. And, you know, diversifying Mason Wynn a little bit for when he He's uh, ready you know, to come to St. Louis. Isn't a bad thing. And Wynn has really been the guy who has stood out the most on the offensive side in the Arizona Fall League, in my opinion. Um, he has shown great discipline at the plate, 11 walks against just nine hits, an on-base percentage of over 550. So Mason Wynn is you know, doing what the Cardinals want him to do, which is to get on base. And he's also stolen uh, four out of five attempts an OPS at 1036. So, again, it's only early. He's only played 10 games, but uh, Mason Wynn is showing offense that he has yet to show in his career, and that is extremely encouraging. No doubt. How about Jordan Walker? You mentioned that Wynn has probably been most impressive offensively. Where are they playing Jordan Walker? I I saw that since the StatCast era began in 15, he had a throw that was nearly 100 miles per hour, so that's the best throw of any Cardinal outfielder since that began. But where's he playing, and, and how's he been doing? Yeah, you you mentioned Walker's arm. Both he and Mason Wynn uh, have tremendous arms. 
And, uh, you know, that's going to serve Walker well. He'll probably end up being a right fielder, but the Cardinals, remember, Walker has, what, maybe half a season of experience or less in the outfield, and so he needs to get as many reps as possible. He's probably in the fall league as much for defense, I would think, as offensive development. And he's continued to play all around in the Arizona fall. He played some center. Uh, I think, again, right will probably be his home. And he's doing fine as well. His OPS is right around 800. Uh, he has seven RBI in 10 games, a couple home runs. So, uh, you know, Jordan Walker's doing Jordan Walker kind of things. Um, I think, you know, it, there may be expectations in the spring that are unrealistic if the Cardinals don't bring in some other outfielders. I, I think he'll need a little more time, but both Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn are guys that have very bright futures ahead of them. How about Walker? What do you, what do you, as you saw this unfold, I'm just curious, your general observations, talking to people, where do you think his his future lies in terms of position in the outfield? He's playing all three, so where do you think that lies? I think he's going to be a right fielder. I think his arm is ideal for the position. I think that's, and by the way, that's, of course, a need for the Cardinals uh, as long as Dylan Carlson is going to be playing in center, which is looks like to be for the foreseeable future. Uh, again, I don't think that's going to necessarily be out of camp in 2023, but I think Jordan Walker is probably the right fielder uh, of the future for the Cardinals. Uh, and, you know, in terms of scout buzz, the guys that are getting the most buzz right now are Mason Wynn and pitcher Tank Hens, uh, who's, you know, another guy who's standing out in the fall league, albeit in a one-inning-at-a-time relief role. Uh, another pitcher before I let you go, uh, the lefty Connor Thomas. How about uh, the way that he's performed? Yeah, Connor Thomas has been a pleasant surprise. A year ago, I thought he was a guy that was going to um, fight his way in the left-handed bullpen story for St. Louis this year. Started all year for Memphis, was very durable, but really fell off in the second half of the season quite a bit in terms of uh, his production. He apparently is working on uh, another pitch, a splitter or slash changeup, and that seems to be working for him because in three starts in the fall league, uh, Connor Thomas has only allowed two earned runs. He's not a strikeout guy. He's more of a pitchability guy but he has 17 strikeouts in in 12 and two-thirds innings so Connor Thomas on the pitching side has probably been the biggest surprise as I said Hans is down there and he's pitching extremely well as well but you kind of expect that Tink Hans is a is a, a top five prospect top six prospect in the system so um, he's a guy that we're hoping to see in uh, uh, start next season probably at at high AP Oria. Well, Brian, I'm going to let you go, but I want you uh, to tell because obviously you're giving a ton of information on these uh, podcasts every Wednesday. We do this every Wednesday, but uh, what are you working on at thecardinalnation.com? And I know Arizona's in your future, too. Yeah, I'm going to be heading down to Arizona in about 10 days to uh, uh, see the Fall Stars game and hopefully talk to all the, the Cardinals prospects that are playing there and, and uh, soak up a little sun, frankly, which isn't a bad <laughs> thing. Uh, we're continuing to uh, to uh, deliver articles on our top players of the year. We're in the middle of our emerging players and comeback players, both pitchers and hitters. Uh, our manager of the year is coming this weekend, and then we'll get into a re an in-depth review of the offensive and pitching leaders across the system in a wide variety of stats during the year. Uh, winter ball has begun. We talked a little bit about that last time in Mexico and Dominican, and uh, Yadier Molina is going to be managing Venezuela, so we'll in in Venezuela. So we'll be having a lot of information as well about uh, pitchers and hitters that are playing uh, international ball this winter. Great stuff, Brian. Thank you, and uh, we'll catch you up next Wednesday. You got it, Dan.